Hi, my name is Drian Arney, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker working in private practice in the state of Florida. Welcome to the Cultivative Conversation podcast, where I engage guests in deep conversation using questions designed to assist with building healthy relationships. These questions explore themes of gratitude, nostalgia, sharing, and learning to invoke togetherness and intimacy through conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Cultivative Conversation podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by my goddaughter, India. Um, And we also have here in the room with us my partner, Ahmad. Um, Ahmad, you've heard from on his episode, um, his traditional episode, where he answered five questions and we had a great discussion around his responses to those questions. Um, You may have heard India's episode also. If you haven't, please be sure to go back and listen to both India's and Ahmad's episodes. They were great. Um, But today we are here for a different kind of episode to talk to you guys, to have a conversation about uh, the topic of homophobia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is a a loaded topic and that there's so much that we could talk about as related to homophobia. Um, And I know, India, you mentioned, you know, wanting to talk about what it looks like on social media also. Yes. Right. Um, I think it might be important for us to just talk about what homophobia means. Does anyone want to offer their understanding of the definition of homophobia? I mean... My understanding of it is just the fear of gay or just the fear of being different, really. And I guess it boils down to ignorance. But, like, I guess the actual definition of homophobia is just, I guess, the fear of... I'm sorry. Yeah, you said homophobia, right? hmm Yeah, the fear of people being gay. But, like, pushing that, like, that is dangerous to be gay, if that makes sense. Yeah, did you want to add anything, India? No, he's right. Yeah, yeah. so homophobia, uh, the word itself, um, reflects a fear of homosexuality. Um, and so that could be the, the, the fear of the thought of being gay, mm-hmm. uh, the fear of what gay looks like or may look like to certain people. Um, there's a lot that falls underneath that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Indy, when you think about social media and the relationship with homophobia that you've seen and experienced, um, what is it that you've that you've seen? I guess is my question. Um, I've seen both good things and bad things because a lot of people come out on social media. They use it as a platform to, I guess, to express themselves, mm-hmm. and it works out in their favor. There's people are there to support them, and everybody that they thought that was that would, I guess, they would be scared to. They were fearing that wouldn't like them or would say, would have something to say where the people there to uplift them mm-hmm. about them coming out. Then I also saw some people who didn't have a good um, experience on social media with coming out or just being gay itself or being different um, on social media. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't work out sometimes. I mean, I feel like I had the same thing too. Like, I've seen where homophobia has been very uplifted and very championed on Twitter and then other times like or just any social media platform um, other times it's like it's so derogatory and negative that you you just you you have to like to me I believe you have to be upset with yourself to have that much 
poison in you in the way you speak about somebody and the way they choose to live yeah. their life. You know what I'm saying? To just display so much hatred towards it. Especially when it doesn't concern them. It doesn't bother them in any type of way. Right? But they still feel the need to just voice that opinion. And then they always said, this is my freedom of speech. Not, you can go to jail for this type of speech. I, yeah, I hope you Because there's such that. a thing as hate speech. Yeah, hate yeah. crimes. You, this is considered a hate crime. You are bullying them now. This can push them to do whatever they want. You don't know what's going on in their life. They just decided to come out. You don't know how hard it was for them to do that. Mm-hmm. So for you to sit there and say stuff like that, you could push them to suicide or anything. And you don't, that's the, well, you just don't say stuff like that. Yeah. What, where do you guys think the fear comes from? Like, what is it that mm. supports the fear that people have of homosexuality? I guess to normalize it or they can just be gay themselves or different and they're scared to admit it. So you're saying the fact that it may not be normalized or maybe as normalized as we would want it to well, be. Well, normalized so to them. I feel like it's more normalized in the world, but just to them themselves like, the fear itself is normalized yeah got it okay i okay. wasn't understanding was, so okay. the fear is normalized to an extent that 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 is just how, how it is in yeah. their world in their yeah. mind and their thinking and therefore in the way that they act yeah. but then you also said that um also rooted in fear that they may be gay themselves yeah mm-hmm. or they're just confused and they don't want to admit to this confusion so they just choose to take it out on others right there which makes sense to me because if if i believe that it's normal and okay for people to hate gay people but i myself believe that i may be gay then i'm going to expect that other people are going to do the same yeah to treat me in the ways that i see them treating everybody else and so that's gonna fuel the fear that i may have i can see that yeah but it also doesn't justify treating other people the way that you yeah. clearly don't want to be treated for that's yeah. the reason why you're still who you scared are. like this yeah, yeah, very good point. What about you, Ma? Where do, I, where do you think the fears? I agree. I believe it's partly it's partly that, as well as just like what they're taught. I feel like people are taught that being gay is bad, and by taught I mean like religious based. Mm-hmm. Like religion teaches you that being gay is bad, and to me, I think being gay is just being different, and people fear different. We can. Like there's plenty of examples of how people fear different, and when something is different, they the first thing they do is that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I just just because I'm a basketball person, the first person to dunk, they like they looked at that and that was different. Then you know what? It gave them an advantage, so they they started to ban it, made it uh, made it illegal to actually dunk in a basketball game because right? everyone couldn't do that. Everybody that person do it. was special, exactly, or different. Right? It's perfect, yes. They were different, right? And but as more people kind of understood it, like it became something normalized. It became just an everyday thing. It became something special. Became being different to being special, and now it's embraced. And I just, I I do believe that people feel as though like they 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 put a negative connotation with with being gay, and it's no different than being heterosexual. Yeah. I always think about that, um, and I can't remember who or where or what I was watching or listening to where I heard this, um, but I was really young. I think I was a few years younger than you, Indy, where I might have been in college. No, I wouldn't be in college younger than you. I was in high school, um, <laughs> and I was watching something, and they made the point of 
why do like why do I have this is someone who identified um, as LGBT. Why do I have to come out? Yeah. When mm-hmm. straight people who identify as straight they they never have to come out. It's it just is what it is. Get a boyfriend or girlfriend and think it's just normal. It just okay. is what it is. Like yeah. who is to say that being straight is normal? Who told like who came yeah. up with the idea that oh well the only thing that's for me, especially as I got older, more mm-hmm. I understood more. The only thing that's different is the fact that a man and a woman can procreate. Yeah. That's the only difference. We are, by nature, designed to have, to procreate with with a woman. However, it's not unnatural to love. No, who it's said gay like, people wanted kids? I mean, I mean, but that's a lot just, of that's gay people just want kids, but that's you know the justification. <laughs> you know, when people say, when people say, you know, a man and a man or a woman and a woman being together is not right because not they natural. can't have kids. It's not natural because they can't biologically have kids. Um, but there are a lot of women who identify as straight, who are in straight relationships, who choose not to have kids, who can't biologically have kids. Mm-hmm. And nobody um, questions them because they have a... Male well, partner. no, that's a different set of questioning that they get, actually. So, we'll just, I won't say nobody questions them. Well, and but. I think even if we're going to go as nuanced as that, the questions for women mm-hmm. that choose not to have children look differently from Absolutely. the questions that people yeah. ask women who biologically cannot have children. Yeah. Um, either way, none of it is anybody's business. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the basis upon which we, we understand that these conversations get had and that's how people come to the conclusions that they have. Even that with that, though, to. right? The statement you just made is nobody's business. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's only gay people that have to come out. Yeah. It's nobody's business, but, like, they have to make this known to the world. And then if it was something that was so accepting, right, they wouldn't feel the need to tell everybody. Exactly. They wouldn't, need, they, they would, they yeah. wouldn't feel the need to feel pressured, you know what I'm saying? Fear, even. Yeah. Of saying that I am who I am. And then the ones who don't come out, they have people just throwing this label on them yeah. when they're not even ready. When They don't even know what they are. Mm-hmm. Then you have people, oh, he's a little flamboyant, so I'm just going to call him gay. He he already likes boys. I know he likes boys. Like those terms where they, oh, he has a little sugar in his tank. He, yeah. He's fruity. Yeah. Like that's yeah. not okay. And I don't know why people still continue to say that. Like they, And they tell kids this. Yep. And this, or calling girls tomboys. Boys, yeah making comments about the ways that, you know, girls may sit. I remember being told, uh-uh, you have to sit this way because girls sit this way. Uh, girls don't sit that way. Girls don't wear pants all the time. Girls need to wear skirts and dresses. Yeah. Or even colors. Oh, no, that's a girl color. That's a boy color. It's like, what about that's the biggest a color makes something? In so the term, girl. like, girly girl, I have never yes. understood that because what is... I'm, they're still a girl. I don't think their clothes define what they're what they identify as because a boy can dress a boy can wear a dress and if he says he's married to a woman he's he's married to a woman it's not going to change whether he still likes girls or not he can put on a dress and walk down the street and still hold his wife's hand Absolutely. like nothing is wrong with it and it's because it's nobody's business yeah. so it shouldn't matter yeah i think there's a large part of like the, I think we're talking a little bit about the judgment that mm-hmm. comes with like a man choosing to wear a dress while being married to a woman and the, the thoughts and comments that people might have about that, right? I think that is, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll have to come back to that because all I right, forgot yeah, where I was going. It's with all that. right. <laughs> um, 
Many people, including myself, are always looking for new ways to incorporate natural products in our hair and skincare routines. If you're one of those people, you may be excited to learn about Thriving Organics. Thriving Organics is one of my go-to places for organic skin and hair care products that are handmade with love and care. My favorite products right now are their organic castor oil, my hair loves it, and their rose glow oil which leaves my face feeling calm and hydrated especially after cleansing. Visit Thriving Organics at www.thrivingorganicsofficial.com and begin your journey to thriving skin and hair today. Um, <laughs> but I also had another question and I was wondering um, when you guys think about like gender roles and how that shows up in the expectations that we have for how men behave, how yeah. women behave, and how that can intersect with what we understand to be signs, like the examples that you were giving, signs of um, homophobia and the ways that as children we hear those things and how that impact the way that we come to understand what's okay for us to do, what's okay for us not to do, yeah. that can translate into how we treat people who don't fit into those ideals or those expectations that we come to understand yeah, we have as a, like as a society. Yeah. I can cover my experience. Uh, I don't know if it's similar, but I just, I'll say this, like, as I got older, um, in college, when people would come to my house or my mm -hmm. apartment, rather, and they would see that it was, like, well taken care of, mm -hmm. they would automatically assume that, hmm, like, so are you straight or are you? And it was weird because, I to me, it was a basic, like, skill that I thought everybody got. Like, cleaning up, cooking, all of that was a very basic domestic skill that I thought everybody had. And it was very off-putting when people would ask me that. So, I yeah. never really understood that because our... Straight men supposed to be dirty. That's are, the overall. That's the are, are overwhelming you opinion. Just look dirty. <laughs> are you supposed to bring nothing to the table other than being a man? Well, and, and there well, are a lot of a lot men of and women that. and just people in general who do believe that mm -hmm. that it is the responsibility of uh, women and girls to keep the house clean, to wash the clothes, to make sure that whatever a man will need to be clean falls on the responsibility of a woman because that's what we do as women. That's, also, that's our a role. lot of them just, a lot of men that I, as I got older, a lot of men, I understood, a lot of men really don't know how to do those type of things. Like, they don't clean yeah. well. They don't know how to do They laundry. don't cook well. A lot of them don't know how to turn on a washing machine. Think about that. It has a button that says on. They don't know mm -hmm. how to do that. Yeah. And I, like... <laughs> I had to learn how to do my laundry at a young age. My mom always instilled in me, oh, you need to know how to do this because when you're older, you need to know how to do this for yourself while she's doing my brother's laundry. <laughs> so she'll tell me all this. She'll be giving me my clothes to fold while she's folding my brother's clothes, while she's cleaning up their room. She's yelling at me, you need to make sure that this room is clean. I'm, I'm sick of telling you this while she's sweeping up my brother's room. So... I never really understood it. So as she's telling, it's as I got older, I was like, okay. So I think what you're shedding light on is the fact that there are a lot of double standards um, as it relates to what's expected from girls and women so, and people who identify. And I would as say difference in treatment too. Yes. 
Yeah. Well, usually the double standards yeah. come with yeah. the treatment. So there's the thought and the belief, and then there's the, the action that results from that. Um, but I think based on what you were sharing, Andy, I think the conver- this part of the conversation in general just highlights the fact that we all have things that we are responsible for for doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cleaning, cooking, knowing how to take care of ourselves, no matter what our sexual orientation is. Yeah. Right? So when I hear, you know, this isn't natural, knowing how to survive is natural. Seems very natural, right? (laughs) And all of those skills fall under our ability to survive in whatever environments we may be living, working, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, engaging in relationship in. And then they think they're doing what's best, but when they get, if they were to get around somebody like you who knows how to do all these things, you're going to look at them like, what is wrong with you? Did nobody teach you how to do this? I ask and that all the time. Exactly, because you know how to do this. You grew up learning how to do this. But when you get around people who don't, who just expect the women to do all this work, they're you're going they're gonna get around people who actually know how to do stuff like that and they're going to look at them like they're crazy because who were you around to teach you that women are just going to be there for you to do everything for you every step of the way. And, and the sad part is, though, with that, like, people are. They're going to, they might actually have someone who, I guess, conforms to the idea and clean up behind them all know. their you, life. Your, your brother has your mom. Some men have <laughs> their moms, but they also have partners, and mm-hmm. I'm talking specifically about straight men, mm-hmm. who have female partners that subscribe to the same beliefs and the same thoughts that this is my responsibility as a woman to make sure that these things are done the man that I'm with that's not his responsibility and if he wants to do these things if he's trying to do these things if he's capable of doing these things then there's the question of his sexuality and how that might yeah. impact his ability willingness yeah. and ability or that don't it, understand. desire yeah. to do it Right. I, I want to make sure we stay on track. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. <laughs> so um, it sounds like we're talking, though, about some of the harms involved with homophobia, mm-hmm. because I think we, we did touch on how gender roles or our expectations of how men and women should show up in the world is related to the gender roles that we have. Agreed. And some of the dangers that yeah. can pose as far as people growing up and not having the skills they need to take care of themselves, right? right? Or they're dependent on people to do things that, to survive in this world, we need yeah. to be able to do, no matter what your sex, your gender, your gender, your sexual orientation may be. What are some other harms that you guys can think of um, that can result from homophobia and the thoughts, values, and behaviors attached to that? Well, the harms, I mean... The biggest harm I feel like is a person living their whole life and not being actually them. Yeah. Like some people don't come out because of the fear of ridicule, like because of the fear of like what they've been taught. Like I was saying earlier, going to church will teach you to hate yourself if you're gay, like because it's a sin. Although it preaches love, it also preaches that you know that being gay is a sin, and there are people who believe that to their core which is also a contradiction because they understand inside of them true down like they are gay mm-hmm. so then they're going their whole life trying to manage the dilemma between what their religious belief is mm-hmm. and what they've accepted to be true 
um, based on their beliefs, but also what they know to be true about themselves and who they are. And this, and and, yeah. Yeah. Now imagine that. Like, just that'll drive you crazy for a year or two. Imagine somebody living with that for like, they grow old in like, what, 80 years. Mm-hmm. They just never got the, never built up the courage. They never felt safe enough. They never felt anything enough to come to, to live in their truth. One of my goals in private practice is to contribute to making therapy accessible and affordable. Becoming a member of the Open Path Collective Network has allowed me to expand my client base and to offer an affordable sliding scale of $30 to $60 per session to clients who cannot afford market rates of $100 to $250 per hour. If you are a licensed clinician who would like to join the Open Path Collective Network, Use the link in the show notes to sign up and let Open Path know that I sent you. That word safe uh, stuck out to me. Like oh, I, I felt that one. Yeah. I didn't just hear it. I felt it because <laughs> some reason my mind always goes to safety. Um, but in thinking about like church, we identify that as a safe place, right? Or as a place that we expect to be a safe place, be safe. right? Um, schools are expected to be safe places for kids. Um, yeah. Our homes are expected to be safe places. I think that's supposed to be the most safe. Like that's supposed to be the safest place. I feel that a person should be. Yeah. Like, at at home. But if in those environments we don't have access to people who share thoughts and beliefs that reflect that are reflected in their behavior towards people who identify within that LGBTQIA spectrum. You then that. those spaces, those. <laughs> those spaces are no longer safe. Yeah, at all, and like that's that's scary, right? Like yeah. the one place that's designed for you to be safe to protect you from the rest of the world, mm-hmm. it's not. You're still hiding. Yeah, like, at you school still feel they threat. tell you speak to the guidance counselor. The guidance counselor doesn't like who you are, so it's like who am I going to speak to? Mm-hmm. You got your friends going through the same thing, so you really can't. Talk to them about it because you're all just going to pass around the same information because everybody's going through the same thing. Yeah. At home, you can't talk to your parents because your parents don't even like gay people. Yeah. And and we pick up on that, right? As, as kids living in our Absolutely. parents' house, we pick you up know, on that yeah. based on what we hear them saying about other people yeah. or conversations they're having yeah. about other people's um, situations or circumstances mm-hmm. that they are somehow involved in or maybe they're not involved at all. But it's important to them, maybe that fear. Or just little comments, like we're yeah. watching TV and something, a gay scene comes up and your parents make that little comment where it's like, oh, you got to look at them, got to give them the side eye mm-hmm. that you know what it means. You're old enough to know what it means and understand why they're acting like this. Like, doesn't really make sense, but I'm going to keep my comment to myself because I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it happens as you get older too. Like you'll understand, like certain friends will make certain comments, and you'll just you'll start to look at them a little different. Like, like was that necessary? Like I understand, like you felt the need to say it, but and I see people make like they have gay friends. They'll make these homophobic remarks. Like I just don't see myself having gay friends and getting on the internet and saying something like that because. To me, I'll look at you some type of way like you don't really accept me the way you mm-hmm. the way you say you do because you're out here saying stuff like this and then taking a picture with me a couple hours later. You don't like me. 
secret deep down inside you feel like what I'm the lifestyle that I choose to live is wrong so I can see myself being friends with you I think a lot of times too is regurgitation of information and not understanding what you're saying mm-hmm. like I, I feel people just repeat stuff and don't fully understand that what they're saying could be hurtful even like even if you didn't mean for it to be hurtful or it could be harmful like your friend's probably going to church and learned this or was taught this from someone and then she'll go okay this is that's how it is so now i'm gonna just regurgitate that out there and not even think at one point that like okay my gay friends are still just people at the end of the day if they were to hear me say this this would feel like they wouldn't feel they wouldn't take too kindly to those words i think about some of the experiences that i've had uh with different people and how often some of the people who would make the comments that you were describing, Indy, um, that can be harmful and hurtful to people who identify as as queer or as not anything but straight. Um, and a lot of them, in their mind, they had good intentions, right? Because if I'm going, let's say, if I'm going to church, I learned based in my religious beliefs that I'm learning how to be better, Right, how to be closer to God. And that understanding comes with me understanding that being gay is wrong. I'm going to encourage anybody that I can to not be gay. Right? So in their mind, they have good intentions. That is also wrapped up in, you use the word lifestyle, the belief. I, I think it's wrapped up in the belief that being gay is a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle choice. That it's something that people are choosing to do. And so I can preach to you not to do these things, not to engage in these same sex behaviors or activities, not to give in to those urges that you have because it's a choice that you're making. What do you have to say about the people who believe that it's a choice? Uh, I think that's complete bullshit. Okay. And the reason I say that is because like nobody chooses to be ridiculed. Nobody chooses for persecution. Yeah. Like, nobody chooses to be put in a situation where you look at me like I got three heads. Because you don't choose to be straight. You just are. So why would this person choose to be gay knowing Knowing all the consequences? Yeah, yeah, that come with it. It just, it doesn't make sense. So why are you trying to change this person as if, can they change you into not being straight? No. This is who you are, so... This is who they are. They accept you. And I've noticed that gay, well, the LGBTQ community, well, the ones that I've known, they're very upset, accepting when it comes to opening people, educating people. But it's like they always meet the wrong people when it's time to educate. Like the people mm-hmm. that they try to educate, they're just so. I'm not trying to hear it. Yeah, they yeah. don't want to hear it. And they end up hurting that person so deeply to a point where they don't even bother trying to educate other people. Yeah people who actually want to learn, who are open to it, and they don't get a chance to because people... Have jaded them so much. Yes, have hurt them so badly to a point where they don't even bother. And it's sad. Yeah. No, I I can absolutely appreciate that, that being an experience that people have because I I believe, I'm a strong believer, that we are only capable of learning as much as we want to, as much as we're open to. Um, and saying that I want to understand and actually behaving as if I do are yeah. two different things. They're not always one and the same. Um, I don't believe, I want to make it clear that I don't believe that being gay 
um, or being not straight is a choice. Um, I think it is, we're, we're born. Yeah, born true. this way, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. She, uh, she I think we are all born the way that we, that, that we are, right? Whether that relates to our race, our gender, our sex. Well, not, not, not born a gender because um, it's a construct. But, um, yeah, I think for me that, that cancels out that whole, you know, I have good intentions because if you, you had good intentions, you then... You bring this up. Yeah. You, you, would, you under- would get more educated and understand just because you have good intentions doesn't mean you executed what you were trying to say in the best way. Bingo. Like, Bingo. Yeah. Everybody has good intentions, right? We've all heard that good intentions don't always lead to the best results. No, they don't. No, they don't. But when you come from a place of either wanting to understand, wanting to mm-hmm. be educated in yeah. a way that I think we all understand yeah, what that means. Absolutely. Um, but also speaking from an educated but also empathetic place where you... Yeah, I think a lot of times we don't speak with care. Yeah. Being mindful to speak from a place um, of care and not being afraid to to learn, not being afraid to understand and recognizing that understanding doesn't mean that you have to um, agree with someone's choices. It doesn't mean that, because I do believe that it, it is a choice. I think you use those words, Maude, to, to live as you are, right? To feel free and safe yes. and comfortable no, to live as you choice. are. I think that's the <laughs> yeah. only choice that people make as it relates to homosexuality. And I think that that is a very brave choice yeah. considering all that can come with allowing people to see you in mm-hmm. that in that much um, vulnerability, right? Letting people in in that way because you nobody has to. Um, but yeah, that's the only choice that I find associated with that. But again, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is a conversation that we can go on we forever really and ever and ever about. Um, but to wrap up, I'd like to, for us to spend just a couple minutes talking about um, some things that we think can be helpful in creating safe spaces for the people that we care about, people that we may come in contact with or without knowing um, how they identify, but just to ensure that we are doing our part to allow safety in the interactions that we're having with other people. I think the first thing people can start doing is just stop assuming that somebody's gay before they actually tell you or they're just part of the community at all. Like, stop assuming, oh, he looks, he's he painted his nails, so he, I'm just going to think he's gay. I think people should stop doing that. I think you should learn to listen instead of just judging people by the first, like, as the first time that you see them. Yeah, so don't make assumptions based on what you see physically or yeah. what you see them doing. Yeah. I, I would say just get more education on it. Like, yeah. Just be knowledgeable when you are about to address someone. Like, if you feel a certain way or if you feel opposite of that, you can also, like, not be rude about it. You can definitely be more sympathetic or, I guess that's the word. You can just, you can do all things with a little care. Like, just care for people. Just genuinely care about people. Like, it's it's, it's not an evil thing to do. And... Also, another thing, too, like, stop putting a negative connotation with being gay. Yeah. Yes. Like, there's nothing negative about it. At all. Like, I think that's, for me, that's the biggest thing. Like, if that's who you are, that's who you are. It's okay. 
Like the world isn't going to end. If that's who they are, that's who they are. Like the world is not going to end because they're gay. Mm -hmm. Your life is not going to stop going forward because somebody you know said, I'm gay. That's who I am. As a matter of fact, it probably won't affect you. People think... I mean, one way I imagine it it might affect you is that you might actually have a greater relationship with that person because now they feel safe, they feel secure, they feel comfortable to be who they are and you get to experience parts of them that you probably would never get to enjoy because you never allow that opportunity. I I imagine... And also, I imagine you grow too, like as a human being. Like you go... So not everybody's the same. You can't just put people in the same box. Your also, normal becomes expanded. And so now you have more room for what is okay. Exactly. And you're open to different experiences that make your life more enjoyable just overall. Yeah. You're going to add something in Yeah. There? People think gay people, like being gay, well, not being gay. Well, the LGBT community is just now starting. It's been around yeah. forever. I don't know why people think, oh, well. Forever. Well, all this is just jumping on us now. No, it's been here forever. Way before you were born, way before your parents were born, way before their parents were born. It's been going around. I don't know. It's not in the water. It's not some disease. No, (laughs) it's been here. People, they had to stay silent, but they're not silent anymore. That's the only difference. But it's been here for a long time and it's going to grow. Yeah, I wanted to say something similar to that earlier um, because I kept hearing, you know, they're, you're, you're different. If you identify as LGBTQIA, you're different. And I kept thinking like, but what, what's different? Who's to say that That's one yeah. is the standard and so if you're not that standard, you're, you're different because like you said, Andy, gayness is not new. Yeah. <laughs> it's not new. It's just as old or as young as straightness. Yeah. So... No, I'm not different. I'm I'm me. Yeah. And me includes yeah. being a person who identifies in this way. Um, yeah. We're running out of time, so I just want to add my advice for, or my tip for creating inclusive spaces, safe spaces. Um, and with that can, can come using like gender neutral language. Right? So they, they them... them. Right? You know, Unless someone tells off. you yeah, how they South, identify. Y'all. Yeah, you don't y'all. start with <laughs> just favorite don't mine. say he or she. Just... Oh, see, okay, you know how you speak when you don't know somebody's name? Yes. So you just keep the conversation going without having to use their name because yeah. you're not sure what their name is? Yeah. Because it's happened multiple times Child. in school. <laughs> well, I just walk up to them. So do you know, like, I just started off instead of calling you, I'll be like, hey, or... Hi, or I won't you instead of saying your name, I'll just continue on what I yeah, came to yeah. speak mm-hmm. to you about. And even that is becoming more normalized. Um, be introducing yourself using your pronouns yeah. that goes back to the education, being educated, being aware, learning that you know, with times changing, so is our language, so is what is socially acceptable. And that's the weird part to me, too, because like with the times changing, everything changes, like. Mm-hmm. The way we spoke 50 years ago isn't the same way we speak now. And people, for some reason or another, get so bothered by things changing. 
as if it that's not what it does. Like yeah. they get bothered the most... by that, but pull out their cell phone. What? <laughs> what? You can't pick and choose what you want to change and what you like that change. So no. I you, think that's it right now. Yeah, I think, I think that was the perfect it. place. That's exactly what we should leave it. It doesn't work it. like that. You can't. Oh well, I like this change, but I don't like that change. That change came along with this one. Yeah. So you either need to leave everything behind, and. Go back to living on a farm with no type of Wi-Fi, no type of electricity. The sun is your light. Or <laughs> you pick up that phone and you acknowledge them with respect. So take it or leave it. And there we have it. There we got it. <laughs> Alrighty. We out. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this cultivative conversation. If you have not already, please subscribe to the Cultivative Conversation podcast and share this episode with a friend.